The Mix Room with Genelec. Today we're welcoming Costas Calameris onto the podcast, who's a music producer and engineer and also the owner and manager of Black Rock Studios in beautiful Santorini. So welcome on today. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Uh, hi, Alice. Thank you for the invitation. I'm good. And you? I'm very, very good. Thank you. It's good to hear from you. And you were just saying off air, um, you're really, really busy at the moment. So are you actually at Black Rock Studios right now? Uh, actually, I mean, we're running a session at BlackRock now with the UK band, but um, these days, you know, I had to move back in Athens in my studio. So um, so I, I have somebody, you know, like to take care of the, of the band and then I'm going to fly back on, on, on Friday. So, you know, this is my lifestyle normally, you know, like, because I'm also working, I mean, in two different markets, like the international market from BlackRock and on the domestic market, you know, in my studio in Athens. Oh, so I I'm see. always yeah, so you know I'm always like back and forth all the time. Okay. So you're used to that then. How do you find that back and forth all yeah, the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm traveling. You know, I mean, you know, traveling is also exciting. I mean, as soon as the schedule is not that tight. So and it's very interesting like working in different worlds, you know, like uh, different people, you know, different cultures all the time. So it's uh, different ways of working as well. Mm-hmm. So this keeps you really alive, you know. So how different are the sorts of projects you're doing in Santorini versus in Athens then? Actually, the main difference is that um, that the projects in Santorini, you know, because we are, we are a residential studio, um, we work all day long, you know, we're very focused on the project, okay? Uh, in, in Athens, what happens is uh, working with Greek artists, you know, it, it, uh, Athens is their hometown anyway, so they usually don't work like a day, day long session, you know, they come like for a few hours. So our bridging in the studio are like four hours, six hours a day. You know, sometimes we have two sessions in a day or three sessions in a day. So it's totally different way of working with a Greek art, artist. Mm, okay. And um, so what has been going on for you lately? What's a typical day in your life like at the moment? What kind of projects are you working on? You know, um, in Athens, you know, I'm working like for for long period, like more than thirty years with all the established Greek artists. So, and um, I have some of the artists and I'm working for a long time together. I mean, I'm doing the A and R and production and mixing as well for these artists. So, I'm working at the moment on three albums. Um, in Santorini, um, because of the coronavirus, to be honest, you know, we were pretty much booked during the winter as well the the first time ever after okay. after operating the studio for 14 years uh we had a lot of clients during the winter time and um and long sessions like you know usually the sessions we have in santorini you know are like two weeks to a month so we work a lot with the German market, with the UK market, and during the um, the high season, mostly with the US artists. Mm, okay, nice mix then. So um, tell me about your early interest in music when you were a child. Um, are you from a musical family, Costas? No, actually, I'm not from a music family, but um, I started playing guitar, you know, in the high school. Yeah. But um, I was in a high school band, and... Actually, we were two guitar players in the band. So, you know, then, so I, it, it helped me realize that I'm not good enough, you know, on, on performing <laughs> okay. guitar. But, uh, but it was really interesting to find a way, you know, to, to get to be involved in the music business somehow. 
So when I was real, I'm 15 years old, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I met a guy who was studying um, sound engineering. I say, ah, okay, this sounds interesting. You know, it's like sound engineering, you've been in the studio, but you don't need to play, you know, to perform instruments. So, so actually what I did, I, I stopped the high school, I quit from the high school and I started studying sound engineering in a local, um, in a local academy here in Greece for three years. And I was really lucky because, um, my teacher was the best engineer at this moment. And, and six months later, he asked me to be his assistant. So when I was 16, 16 and a half years old, I was working in a big Westlake studio with an old Neve and an SSL desk. Wow. And the studio tape machines. So it was like a dream, you know, yeah. and working with established artists. And actually, I was the first assistant, you know, in this studio ever. Because, you know, it was so close, really, so tight. So, um, yeah, and after working 10 years, working really hard, you know, because I, I was a younger, so I had to do all the sessions from 10 at night to 10 in the morning. Wow. For ages, mm. you know. So 10 years later, I was asked from Universal in Greece to, to join the company as head of A&R and in-house producer. Right, wow. Yeah, and this happened actually because I was, I was working with a lot of Universal yeah. artists at this moment. So, and I had a lot of input in the production as an engineer. And um, yeah, they asked me to, to be head of A&R. So I spent another 10 years in, in Universal, like producing a lot of uh, Greek artists and doing the A&R job as well. And by this time I built my studio in Athens. And also, but also, you know, my, my dream was always a residential studio since I was 25 years old, I was dreaming of this. Um, but what helped me to start thinking seriously about, about building a residential studio and start working with international artists was, um, was my experience in studios outside of Greece. Um, and this happened because I, I was, was, was working with a big artist, you know, in Greece. And sometimes they, we had the budget to, to be able to record in a nice studio in France or in, or in London. So what happened is that um, I spent a lot of time in Metropolis Studios, Townhouse Studios mm -hmm. back in the day, um, and a lot of nice and big studios in France. Yeah. So this, you know, gave me the experience of the background to work in, a, in studios who are hosting international artists. I see. And how different do you find it, or is it not different at all, working with Greek artists versus international artists? You know, um, there are a lot of differences. First of all, let's say in, in, the pop, in, in pop music, right? Okay, mm. the writing process is totally different. I mean, in Greece, there is no co-writing. The only co-writers are the lyricist and the composer, you know? You, the 99% of the credits and the songwriting in Greek songs are just two per two people, you know? Wow, okay. very I mean, different. Composer, lyricist. So from the, from the writing process, it's especially in the pop, you know, music, it's totally different. In international projects, in pop music, you, you can find that sometimes up to 10 or 11 co-writers, you know? Yeah. And uh, because we're doing at Black Rock a lot of songwriting camps, you know, I, I know the process, the process, but the, this process is almost unknown in the Greek market. 
So this is from the songwriting stage. Then production-wise, the problem in Greece, you know, maybe this is a problem of all the Mediterranean countries. You know, they they pay more attention for the for the motion, for the vocal performance, for the lyrics, and not so much for production. Okay, why do you think that is? Um, I don't know, really. I mean, um, I think maybe this starts from the artists. You know, mm. because labels are always keen to spend less and less, right? So. <laughs> Uh, so if if sometimes you not know, the artists they do have the power, okay, to ask for more. I mean, for bigger budget or for better for for a great producer or or other musicians. But they there are really a few that are at this level. So actually, there's no interest mm-hmm. on this, you know, in production wise. Interesting. And the, the multiple songwriters as well. That's interesting that you say that stuff, that isn't really a thing necessarily in Greece. Um, do you think that's just because the international artists or their teams want just as many talented songwriters as they can get to try and, you know, make that materialise a hit? Whereas does, do they think it's taking more of a chance just on one songwriter? Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Perhaps, yeah. I was just interested to see. Yeah, what you have a point on this. Well, I'm just curious. I was thinking it's just a strange practice to hear it's so different um, in Greece or unheard of. So it must have been quite um, an adjustment, I suppose, to get used to that. So um, you said you started off as a, a sound engineer at 17. So that's very young. Now, how did you learn? Were you taught every step of the way? Who helped you during that time or mentored you? Actually, uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, I was in the high, I was in the sound engineering school, but I was not the best student, you know, in the class. Um, okay. But I, I was really lucky, you know, to work uh, with um, uh, with Artis This was his, this is the name of my mentor, mm-hmm. and he was a guy. He was the best engineer, uh, maybe of all times, you know, in Greece. And so I was working with him with a long period, and you know, he really trusts me, and he gave me all the opportunities. And um, yeah, that's how it happened. And what are some of the really important things you've learned along the way? Maybe they're surprising to you. Some people that I speak to say what they've learned about the job is a lot of it is to do with, of course, you need to be good technically, but you need to be good with people and work out the different ways that people work, right? You know, I I think to be a successful producer or engineer or or whatever, you know, like working in the studio with artists, like the 50% for me is the technical part, right? Which is very important. But the 50% is also your energy, you know, your behavior. Because you spend a lot of time in a a room, maybe sometimes for months, you know, with someone. Yeah, so you need to find a way to get by with them, yeah. During the recording process. So, uh, I, I mean... From my experience, sometimes I can see like engineers, maybe they're not so good, but the artists are feeling so so good with them, you know, to be in the same in the same space and working together. So this works at the end. So it's like for me 50-50, like the mm. technical, I mean level and uh, the personality. I see. And then um, what is the Greek music industry like at the moment, Costas? Is it thriving? What's the situation there like at the moment? Uh, Sounds the like you're very busy. Is- yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it's the situation is like um, for years now, 
I mean, there is a tradition, not traditional, sorry, like the mainstream Greek music, okay? Mm. Which is, of course, you know, of course, you know, Buzuki, right? Who's a lead instrument for playing the, you know, I mean, the lead, the classic uh, lead uh, Greek instrument. Mm -hmm. And um, normally, the most successful artists, like the Greek, the Greek pop, okay, is not like the international pop. The Greek pop is like kind of Western, let's say, kind of a production with Eastern melodies. It's like it's like this mixer, right? And always, of course, with Greek lyrics. So there are a lot of very successful artists, and um, who maybe they're not selling anymore a lot of a lot of uh, albums or CDs or I mean a lot of streamings, but they made the, they make a big business on the clubs because usually they perform in clubs uh, for se for a season like for four months sometimes two twice or three times a week and getting some serious you know uh, income mm -hmm. um the last year though um the trappers are dominating the the greek uh charts i mean if, if you check the spotify charts the the, the top 50 maybe maybe the 40 out of 50 are trappers okay so yeah this is a trend i would say and of course yeah for for young people apart from this also there are a lot of um artists um who are influenced for from the traditional greek music you know and with a more modern kind of production as well and um, these artists also they do really well on live gigs so um I would say that as a record industry, recording industry, you know, it's not a big market, but the live market is big. Mm, okay. That's good to know. And um, so you mentioned earlier you, you had a position at um, Universal Music Greece, so head of A&R, and you were also at Heaven Music RC. So what was that period of your life like? And how were you helping sort of shape the local music industry during that time period? So actually, yeah, to be, uh, this was a this was a rock star period. You know, it was like yeah. 1994. <laughs> you know, for 10 years to 2004, it was the best one of the best periods. I mean, I think in general in the music business, but but especially in Greece. So we were selling a lot of albums, a lot of CDs. You know, a lot of successful albums, and um, actually. Like being universal, and I'd love to be in this. It was Polygam at this time, actually, in the beginning when I joined the, the label, mm -hmm. and then you know uh, it changed to Universal. So we were producing mostly, um, you know, commercial music, but we were with really good, with really high level of quality. I mean, production-wise and lyrics-wise, you know, melody-wise, everything. So we managed um, to sell. A lot of albums with no, I uh, mean, not like cheap pop music, you know. Mm. So we, we were trying to, you know, to raise the level as much as we could. And um, this was our goal during these years. But things changed rapidly later, you know, yeah. with the digital. Of course, yes. And what has it been like witnessing those changes in the industry? Sorry? What's it been like from your perspective, witnessing those big changes in the music industry and the way we buy music, even from, you know, streaming these days? Um, you know, there was a period like, you know, all this changing. So I think that 
the, the, the label people were trying to find a way, you know, so they can, they can make money with the new situation. Mm -hmm. And I think now with the streaming services, uh, it seems that almost everyone is, is happy. Uh, at least it's happier than, be than before 10 years or eight years, right? Mm -hmm. So um, for me, you know, you always need to be adjusted in the new situations, always. I mean, even if you're an old school guy, you know, yeah. um, if you want to be in the business, you always need to be adjusted. Yeah, you need to move with the times, don't you, to keep up, keep relevant. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about Black Rock Studios a bit more. So just for anyone listening, um, you need, really should look this up. This is a combination luxury villa and a recording studio in the stunning Santorini. So, you know, not only is it this incredible studio space, it's got these views, doesn't it, of the sea and the volcanic islands. It looks absolutely amazing. So tell me about it. When did you start this and um, why did you decide to start your own studio at that time? Okay, so... Um... You know, as I, as I mentioned before, you know, it was one of my dreams because um, during the 80s and 90s, I was looking around, you know, on the, on the um, Sun magazines, like, or, you know, music magazines and uh, finding that, uh, you know, a lot of bands were traveling to here and there in residential studios. So I was wondering, you know, that why there is no studio in Greece, because Greece is uh, one of the greatest destinations all over the world. Yes. And um, and as I also told you before, you know, uh, I had the experience working with, uh, I mean, in big studios, and I knew the way how I can set up a new studio. So I had this, I, I had the background at some point, mm. and um, I started to look for for a building, you know, for an island, whatever. So it took me like two and a half years, and uh, finally I ended up in Sandorini. And um, the idea was, I mean. It was to find a really nice location because for me it's it's location. It's mm. it's a, it's the most important thing for somebody to travel from London or from from Paris or from LA, you know, for such a long trip, you know, and come and visit and have a great time and you know with inspiration and focus on you know, on on his project. And we were really lucky as we found this amazing place. And um, we could also build a studio and have a villa. And um, the villa was a, was was a really appropriate because we have five, five bedrooms, which is I think it's okay for a band, you know, including a producer to mm -hmm. stay. If we're talking about a rock band, and um, we try to build the studio, you know, with with the international standards. Like this is a. Oh, how we chose, you know, like uh, having an SSL desk or the general big speakers and we have a good designer um, to design the acoustics. And to be honest, everyone is happy. You know, sometimes the coming of the studio, you know, people are, are nowadays, especially because they have, especially producers and mixers, you know, they have their own places. So they are really used to their own, their, their, their room sound, you mm. know, and speakers. Um, but by the time they come into the studio, really fast, you know, they, they get uh, used to the sound and they love the sound of the studio. Um, and also, one other point was to build a nice room for the drums, because in my opinion, uh, the drum sound, it's a big asset, you know, in, um, for a recording studio. Mm -hmm. So we have a room which really sounds great for, for drums. 
but this is of course for mostly for for clients for rock you know and bands um we have a lot of clients you know hip hop or trap or pop music and these clients usually they don't use a lot from the desk you know mm. it's uh, they mostly work on their laptops they will connect sure. the laptop with a sound card on the desk but in this case uh the acoustics matter a lot you know i mean how the room sounds Mm. So you say you're pretty well set up for all genres of music, but you do seem yeah, to have a lot yeah. of bands there, basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. And who was your first ever client? Can you remember when you first opened? Of course I can remember. You know, I'll never forget this because when I was building the studio, you know, at this stage, I was looking for, um, you know, for connections. Okay, so um, since 2000, I'm working for Sterling Sound, if you know the, the mastering studio in mm-hmm. in in the US, you know, I'm working as a representative uh, for them in Greece. So uh, I had a few connections there, you know, master engineers, and they asked them, you know, I'm looking for clients, you know, just to start promoting the studio. So one of the engineers came back to me and he told me, okay, you know, you should approach Kevin Shirley. Kevin Shirley, I don't know if you know Kevin. He's a producer of Led Zeppelin, okay. Iron Maiden, you know, he's a legend anyway. And, and uh, so I found him on Facebook and sent him a message, you know, hey, Kevin, how <laughs> wow, are you? Okay. Nice to meet you. Yeah, it's crazy. And I told him, you know, I'm building a studio in Santorini. Um, so he told me, okay, can you send me some photos? I said, you know what? I don't have photos. I, I just have drawings, you know, plants. So he told me, okay, just, okay, send me plants, you know? So I sent him the plants and he told me, okay, book me one month next July. <laughs> So I said, what? Yeah, yeah, book me a month. I'm going to come with the guitar player, you know, the artist, Joe Bonamassa. So actually, it was the first booking ever, and they booked the studio for a month, and literally we were doing the last finishes by the time they arrived at the studio, you know, <laughs> just more things wow. left. And this is the reason um, why Joe Bonamassa named the album Black Rock, because it was the first album ever recorded in the studio. Amazing. I love that. What a nice tribute as well. And I'm glad you got it finished just in time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of stress. Yeah, a, I can really, imagine. <laughs> a lot of stress. You know, especially, I mean, the difficulty, you know, of having a studio on the island where the power sometimes is not stable. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, now we're great. You know, we have, we have everything like, you know, we don't have any more problems. But because the beginning, so you don't really have any experience, mm. you know, on the on potential problems. Plus, you know, like finding parts if something breaks, oh, it was a nightmare in the beginning to make that. Now, of course, you know, after 14 years, 13 years, you know, we, we have experience. But yeah, this was an amazing kind of start for the studio. I love that start. And then anyone looking at your website can see you've had amazing clients in since, so including One Republic, Justin Bieber, Bjork. So um, I saw One Republic said it was by far the best studio experience of our lives, of their lives. Um, so that's an incredible um, thing for them to say, because they're so talented, aren't they? So what, what did they work on at the studio? Um, One Republic, they were trying to come for two years, actually, but, you know, they, they, they were always changing the plans. So finally they came, I think it was 2013, and the, one of the songs was a, one of the best ever, you know, hit that they made. It was a Counting Stars. Love that. So uh, we did Counting Stars and um, three or four more songs from the album Native, mm-hmm. which uh, was released in 2014, I think, 
Apple, yeah. And this was a huge success, you know, counting stars. And we had a great time. And we always, you know, since then, you know, we are connected in a way, you know, like texting and uh, we, we stay in touch. And I'm sure the, the, they are still trying, you know, to find time to come back again for another session. So it was actually, it was the first big hit uh, recorded at the studio. Really? How incredible. And what an amazing song that is. And of course, Ryan Tedder is a phenomenal songwriter. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And phenomenal. He's such a good producer and, um, you know, he, and a great guy. And to be honest, um, he spread the, the word a lot about Black Rock. Really. Mm. It I sounds mean, like he was, he was happy to, though. Everywhere. I mean, you know, I've, I found an interview on, online on, on Billboard, you know, yeah. saying about the studio great things. Really? What does he say about it? What does he like so much about it? I, I think he, the whole vibe, to be honest. Mm. You know, for you know, for a pop artist, I mean, of course, you know, the studio. I mean, matter like, like the sound is is very important. You know, the studio, the tech, specs, everything. But I think the vibe, the energy of the of, of the place is the most important. You know, especially if if you are if you coming also to to write songs because we have a lot of clients coming for songwriting as well. Mm, Sometimes, you know, we have band, bands or artists coming with no even one song in the pocket. And they spend like two weeks uh, before the recording, you know, like for songwriting. Mm. And, and uh, when they finish the songwriting, then they start the recording process. Trying to find the inspiration. So did One Republic write Counting Stars at Black Rock as well? Uh, this goes, it was almost written, this song, you mm. know. I mean, okay. the melody... They changed the melody later. I mean, the chorus was a bit different in the beginning, and uh, some parts were different. Um, yeah, always they did some production. No, I, I mean, for the top line and lyrics, no, but, but production-wise, yeah. As you said, Ryan's obviously a very hands-on producer. So, did you have much, or did anyone on your team have much to do with the engineering process for any of those um, songs? Yeah, you know, I mean. For you know, sometimes, like for example, uh, with um, with the guys with One Republic, you know, um, I did a few hours, you know, like recording, just trying, you know, help them for recording backing vocals and some mm-hmm. some instruments. We did some local instruments and stuff. And um, sometimes, you know, we're not involved at all. We just make sure, you know, I mean that everything runs smoothly. And um, and some other times, that for example, I had I had Skrillex last last. Uh, Sorry, maybe we have an edit here. Okay. <laughs> Skrillex, okay. yeah. Yeah. So, for example, yeah, I had Skrillex uh, last year, and um, he asked me if I can, if I can engineer the session. Uh, but it was it was fantastic experience, you know, because, I mean, this guy works so fast. It's unbelievable, you know. And he mentioned me this before. So the first day was hard to follow him. <laughs> but then, yeah, but then it was great, you know. But it, it was nice, you know, like trying to find uh, ways to work faster or, you know, to, to follow some producers that they used to work with, uh, you know, their, with their own way. Mm. Um, so, yes, I would say that sometimes we're involved, sometimes not. Okay. Well, you've got to adapt to the different ways and unique ways by the sounds of it. Everyone works, haven't you? Yeah, 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 definitely. But most of the times, you know, like a producer or engineer is part of the team anyway. Yeah. I mean, when they travel. 
Of course, yeah. And I know you've got some amazing equipment in there, of course, that goes without saying. So your monitors are Genelex. So you've got the 1035Bs, three pairs of 8040s and three pairs of 8050s. So when did you first come across Genelec and start using them, Costas? Okay, yeah. You know, always when, I, when I'm building a studio, uh, especially for the big monitors, you know, I'm, I was traveling to other studios and uh, booking like an hour, you know, here and there mm. to listen to, speak, to listen to their big speakers. So I, I did the same back in the day for my studio in Athens, and it was very successful. So I did the same um, for BlackRock, you know. Actually, I was in a session in Paris in the studio that they, they had the 1035s. Um, and um, I, I had a really good uh, memory from this room, you know. So I had to travel back again and uh, check the speakers. And, uh, and and also some other brands, but I went to, to 1035s because it was the best uh, speaker in my opinion at this time. Um, and I was working with Genelex anyway at this time, you know, like the old uh, 1031s, the small ones, the near field monitors. So and and then so I contacted Genelex, you know, and um, we decided yeah to install this amazing pair of speakers, and you know. Uh, we build the studio acoustics around these speakers as well. That's why the, the, the room sounds so good. And um, also because we're doing a lot of songwriting camps, you know, sometimes we have like, of course, like 25 people, mm. like eight teams, you know, songwriting teams. We needed a lot of, um, a lot of near field uh, speakers, you know, to, um, to set up in, the, in different rooms for the songwriters. So we chose um, the... 80, 40s and 50s for, uh, especially because of their low end, you know, because all the, as, as you already know, probably all the pop producers, they love the low end and the, the yeah. hip hop. So um, we try to find uh, the speakers with the best low end for, I mean, according to their size, of course, because uh, we couldn't install big speakers in, in a small writing rooms. And everyone's happy, really. And we we work with them for 13 years now. And how do they give you confidence in that um, the sounds that you're creating are going to, well, sound good, basically, and translate well? You know, I can't really explain this. You know, um, sometimes I think, I, I think it just matches to what you want to hear from the monitor, you know. And uh, you, li- you like it, it sounds very realistic to your ears. Maybe to somebody ears, you know, it doesn't sound realistic. I don't know, but um, uh, talking about the big speakers for me, yeah, the most important thing is not to sound chaotic. Like because some, you know, there are some speakers that the sound is so big that it's not realistic. Mm. <laughs> in Genelex, in the big ones, ten thirty fives, it sounds very balanced, very realistic. Mm. Uh, even if you're mixing in low level, it sounds great and it's translated great. So what have you got coming up this year, Costas? Have you got any exciting clients coming in soon that you're allowed to talk about? Are you fully booked? Yeah, we already have some um, great clients. Of course, you know, we cannot reveal in advance. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, as I mentioned, this, was, uh, this looks like it's one of our best years because we started very early having clients from January, February, you know, March, and then, uh, yeah. So we're pretty much booked um, till July. Uh, and uh, we have some open slots on you know, August and September and, and, and on. Uh, so, yeah, it seems like it's going to be a great year. 
and of course, you know, um, Sandorini also, you know, it's it's almost booked uh, because you know it, it looks like it's gonna be a great year for, for from tourists. Mm-hmm. I know that all the hotels are almost pretty much booked for the season. Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised after the pandemic, and it's such a stunning place. Yeah. I would love to go back there. I think everyone is looking forward to, you know, to travel. Absolutely. Myself included. I was thinking about Greece the other day, actually. Maybe I should come back to Santorini now that we're allowed to get on planes again, hey? (laughs) That would be nice. Um, yeah, why not? Yeah, stunning place. Love it. Um, well, Greek is just incredible anyway. I've never gone Have you anywhere. ever been in Greece? Yeah, I've been to quite a few places in Greece, including Santorini. I think I went there about five years ago. Um, but I've been to a few other places that I've forgotten about when I was younger. But I just love it. I love everywhere in Greece. I love everything about it. I love the food, the people, the weather. Um, we just don't have sun over here, Costas. So, you know, we, we love to go over there and... <laughs> just soak up a bit of culture and yeah it's just such a lovely place um i'm very jealous that you get to live and work this incredible place but i'm glad it's going so well and that you um are so busy and it's all booked up that's really encouraging after the pandemic isn't it yeah it is but uh actually i I don't know why but in in general also in athens for example in greece i mean probably because the the artists could not perform you know they were so focused on on recording Mm. So, yeah, we were pretty, I mean, everyone in the music businesses in Greece, I mean, because I know the market, you know, it's uh, quite busy uh, the last two years because of the pandemic. I mean, of course, being in the studio was not so easy, you know, um, yeah. uh, because it was not so safe as an environment, but uh, everyone was keen to start recording new new songs in all the time. Mm, that's good that's really really encouraging after what's happened um well i think that's a really nice positive note to end on costa so thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today it's been such a pleasure yeah, to talk to you, you and learn so about all your oh you're so welcome it's been fascinating to hear about um your journey and you know all these incredible songs that have come out of your studio and i'm so happy that ryan ted has sort of helped spread the word as well and um, let everyone know about it so i hope you get many many more incredible clients there and i'm sure you will yeah, thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to see you probably in Greece. Oh, I hope so too. Yes, point. you'll regret saying that. I will turn up, Costas, and uh, say, remember me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, kind of. Um, anyway, but um, have a wonderful day. And um, I hope to speak to you soon. I'll keep an eye out on, um, you know, what's coming up at your studio and who you've got in there. So that sounds like an exciting time. So thank you very much. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, thanks, Costas. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.